Friend, I welcome you to another episode of Project Travail. Today, we're going to be looking at the, the prayer ministry of the patriarchs. The prayer ministry of the patriarchs. The word of God declares that the things that have been written aforetime have been captured for our example. So that true patience and the study of the scriptures, we might have hope. The prayer ministry of the patriarchs have been captured in scripture as an example of what God is willing to do for you and I if we can pay the price that they prayed. If he did it for them, he will do it again. Because yesterday, today, and forever, Jesus is the same. What he did for Abraham and Isaac and Jacob what he did for Daniel and Meshach, Midrach, Abednego, Joseph. What he did in the days of Jeremiah and Job and Samuel. God is and will do for you in your time and in your season. Because you serve the covenant keeping God and the unchangeable changer. We want to consider the prayer ministry of the patriarchs. How that they pressed and pushed in the area of prayer to change their world. Men and women who were enveloped in the power of his majesty to change their world and an entire generation. Let's consider a man like David. The entire life of David is a life of prayer and worship. David fought 66 major battles in his lifetime and lost none. Amazing, amazing exploit. Remember when he started his battles with the lion and then with the bear and then came Goliath? And the list goes on and on until he had fought 66 major battle and lost none. Upon the altar of prayer, he was a man given to much prayer. He was surrounded with trouble, with battle, with enemies on every side. But David recognized his own infirmities, his inabilities. 
And so he depended on God. He is the one that recorded squeaking us, O Lord, that we might call upon you. On one occasion, after returning from the place of prayer in the sanctuary, he went back to the wilderness and cried out to his God. He said, oh, I desire and wish to see and experience your power in my life. Here where I am in the wilderness, such as I have seen, demonstrated in the sanctuary amongst thousands. Desire to see that in my daily walk with you, and God granted him his heart desire. He built altars, he waited on God in everything. David never made decisions without consulting with his God in prayer. No wonder it's been 3,000 years. The nation of Israel is still celebrating this great giant of a patriarch. We see a man like Abraham who began building altars. When the Lord God called him, out of early Chaldees, he, the first place that Abraham moved to when God told him to leave his father's home to a land that he was going to show him, the Bible says that he migrated to a place called Bethel, and there Abraham built it. An altar unto the Lord. He built an altar and he pitched his tent. Remember that the Bible says that we, the church today, are building upon the foundation of the prophets and apostles and Jesus being the chief cornerstone. Well, that foundation of the apostles and prophets, including Jesus himself, was a foundation of prayer and holiness and the word. Abraham built an altar at Bethel and there he called upon the name of the Lord. Today, we are, we are given to building mega, mega homes and, and, and pitching and pitching altars. But that is not how the patriarchs did it. They pitched their homes because they recognized that it was temporary. They were just a passing through 
But when it came to altars, they built permanent structures for their altars. And so Abraham built an altar in Bethel. He kept building altars until one day he built an altar to sacrifice his only son unto God. And God stopped him and began to swear blessings unto him and upon him. The nation of Israel is benefited largely from the prayers, the altars, and the covenant God had with Abraham. A friendship that Abraham developed with his God in prayer. In fact, you and I, as spiritual children of Abraham, are also benefiting. For Jesus died so that the blessing of Abraham might come down unto the Gentiles. But three generations into building his very first altar, Abraham is now in glory with his Lord. The blessing that he carried, the spirit of the blessing, had been passed on to the next generation, Isaac. And Isaac is ready to pass it on to the third generation before leaving the scene. Of course, you all know the story how that Jacob circumvented his brother by the help of his mother. Rebecca, to take that blessing incognito by a means of deception because the old man Isaac at this point had gotten blind with age. There are many schools of thoughts on this subject because many believe that Esau was careless when he sold his birthright, the right to the firstborn, to Jacob. And so there is a thought and a debate among Bible scholars that Jacob actually, when he, when he went and deceived his father, he was only taking what was his. Because now he had become the firstborn by Esau carelessly selling at that to him. But he obtained it the wrong way. My point is that he, he, he took that blessing illegally and began to run for his life because Esau was after him. He crossed the Jordan into the wilderness and the Bible says a great sleep came upon him and he found himself a stone. The open air 
and laid upon that stone using it as a pillow. But while he slept, the heavens opened. He had a dream. God opened his eyes and he had a dream. And in the dream, he saw a ladder from where he slept. He saw a ladder. The top was in the heavens and the bottom was on the earth. And there were angelic activity on either side of the ladder. Ascending and descending. It was like a portal had been opened over that particular area. And angels were ascending and descending from heaven to the earth. And he witnessed this. When he woke from his sleep, he declared the Lord is in this place and I didn't know it. Well, what he did not know, that the very spot where he lay to sleep was the spot where his grandfather Abraham had pitched, had actually built, sorry, not pitched, but built his very first altar. With time, That altar had broken down, but the stones still remain. And one of those stones, a remnant from that altar, is what Jacob used as a pillow. He was running away from his brother with the blessing, but the spirit of the blessing by the prayer of his grandpa who was in glory arrested him and drew him to the place where Abraham pitched his first altar. Oh, beloved, if you will engage prayer, prayer will arrest that wayward child. Prayer will rearrange everything that seems to be going wrong. Everything that the enemy seems to manipulate and dominate in your life. Prayer has the ability to overturn, to repeal, to overturn. And to establish the will of God. If you will pray. Even unto generations yet unborn. Your prayer has the ability to attack generations. Wouldn't you pray? Wouldn't you pray beloved? It happened with Abraham. If God did it for him. He's about to do it for you. He will do it for you. And save your children. And your grandchildren. By your prayer. He will overturn every captivity. And establish them. Because you prayed. Because you prayed. And so Jacob woke up. And decided to name that place better. He did not know that the history of that region was only repeating itself. The spirit was upon him to repeat. Everything you do in life. Can change. By the audacity. 
capacity and the authority of prayer. Prayer is permanent. Prayer is a spirit. Prayer is a force. Everything else is temporary. But your prayer. Because your prayer according to scripture in the book of Revelation. Is collected in a bowl. And rises before God as incense. And oftentimes it awaits a particular season. When it is presented before God and God smells a sweet smell in summer and begins to answer. Not only does he answer prayer, if you are one that is given to fervent and effectual prayer, God will reward your prayer. There may be areas that you never asked, but God will reward you because you prayed. It's not easy. When you make up your mind, you want to pray, the enemy will come at you from every angle. You will feel sleepy. You will become lazy. You will become distracted. You will feel like doing everything else but pray. But I came to encourage you to press. Press. Beloved, press. And keep on pressing until you get the breakthrough. Pray when you feel like it. Pray when you don't feel like it. Pray when you're up to it. Pray when you are not up to it. For it is written, pray without season. Pray without season. Jesus said in Luke 18 verse 1, Men ought always to pray and not to faint. Don't faint in the area of prayer. Don't faint in the hour of prayer. Don't faint in the moment of prayer. You are thinking in life if you are not praying. I encourage you to put on, oh, your mantle of prayer. And in the name of Jesus Christ, go to war with prayer. If you have been baptized with the gift of tongues, speak in tongues always. Speak in tongues randomly. Speak in tongues at all times. Let the forces of darkness hear you speaking in tongues. Let angels hear you speak in tongues. The Bible says when you speak in tongues, you speak mysteries unto God. At times in tongues, the power of darkness is dislodged. The power of darkness, witchcraft, it is dislodged. As you speak mysteries unto God. Pray like never before. The hour you find yourself in is an hour of prayer. Don't relent. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. You may be tired. You may be sleepy. But push yourself and pray. Pray until you become prayer. For prayer changes things. Let your name be added to the archive of the patriots who prayed to change their generation, to change their world for God. 
I bless you in the name of Jesus until I come your way again with another topic of Project Travel. Love you much. God bless you.